welcome to Solutions from the Yard, a candid discussion about life behind bars and its effect on society. We'll discuss reintegration or re-entry back into the community post-incarceration. Your host for this episode is Charles Hopkins. Welcome to this edition of Solutions from the Yard, a podcast that explores all things dealing with the criminal justice system. Today we'll be continuing our show uh, entitled 007, A License to Discriminate. And in our last show, before we closed out, we were just venturing into the discrimination within the BOP towards DC co- prisoners sentenced under DC code. We was talking about some of the things that went into that. We, we was referencing a letter that Eleanor Holmes Norton sent to the new Bureau of Prisons uh, director uh, being critical of uh, the way they being uh, DC prisoners sentenced under DC code are being treated. I have here with me today uh, two men that served time in the federal prison. Uh, introduce yourself, Mike. Uh, how you doing? My name is Michael Dickerson Hill. Thanks for having me. Yes, and I'm Dietrich Trent. All right, both of these are uh, we are all a part of the podcast. Uh, we're all in this together. Okay, so let's let's pick up. Uh, we had a real spirited conversation, and you know when we talk about experts, you know, an expert is someone that's like real knowledgeable and real experienced in the field. We, we y'all are experts in when it comes to the BOP, and mainly when it comes to the discrimination uh, the BOP has towards DC citizens. Uh, Dietrich, right before we uh, in our last show, you was getting you was going into the uh, conversation on how D.C. prisons are being discriminated against and you was going into how they're being discriminated against when it comes to programs. And for our audience, uh, when you're incarcerated, the programs are the things that your parole board look at, what you're doing with program services, how you're interacting with programs, how you're interacting with the uh, activities that the institution provides in terms of helping you to resocialize and change your way of thinking. So it's these things that they use, the parole board use, and in most cases, case management use, to evaluate you on whether or not you uh, should be reduced to a lesser security environment, whether you should be paroled. So now, here we have a situation where, when it comes to the programs, the BOP, right before we ended on that conversation, you made a nice observation about, and I want you to pick up on this because it, it really resonated with me. You made a nice observation about how you see BOP prisoners progressing and and getting out, and you know that you're doing the same thing they're doing, but and you got lesser time than they got, but you're not getting the same benefit. Go ahead, uh, flush that out for us. Yes, great point. I'm glad you brought that back up because I can speak on that. Not only just far as just on that, but just when it comes to. Uh, reclassification and redesignations mm-hmm, in, that, in, that, in that manner as well. But on the programming side of it, you know, we get scored. You get judged by that. That's right. Right? And not only through the BOP, but also through the, the judicial system. That's right. Right? As a D.C. prisoner, due to your sentence, the way it might be structured, depending on how your sentence is structured, you you don't qualify for a programming that's being held at this prison because 
you're not it's not funny come on but this is real and this is I'm, I'm laughing at how the fact that they always say programming right right but if you're not 18 months I've been in 20 some years you tell me I'm not 18 months you need to be 18 months to the door and you got 25 the life been in 20 years you need to be 18 months to the door so you could take this Blase blah HVAC program or whatever mm, program, yeah, right? When is he gonna ever reach eighteen months through the door? Mm, that's right. So he's screwed off the gate. But but this is what I'm, but this is what I'm saying the process. But they be but and this brother can be released at any given day with no skills, mm-hmm. no transferable skills back to society. See the bigger problem I'm, I'm, I'm painting. Yeah, you got the big right? picture. Because we don't pay attention, they ain't paying attention to the bigger hole. You treat each and every one of them the same. DC prisons don't be treated the same in no BOP prison on the United States of America. Find one of them. That the that a, a DC co-defender is being treated as a BOP, as a standard federal prison with the same classification, everything, redesignation when it comes to transferring mm-hmm. back close to home. Oh, you know what we the DC code defenders got to do? You got to do ten years in the pen or more. Yeah, yeah. first time offenders. Ten or more in the pen. Ten or more in the pen. Some of them, still, I know some brothers they never seen. They 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 on their way out the door now. They ain't never been outside the pen. Coming home. Coming home. Yeah. What type of trauma you think he got? <laughs> All because they double oh seven. All because they double oh seven and. The discrimination. Yes. Mike, you, Mike, Mike, uh, you, you flushed out, you, you made known, uh, and we want to keep Roman's point home that the problem was, and the problem is, they wasn't prepared to deal with this. They've closed down, Lord. Uh, it was all based under the Reinvestment Act. They, they gave, uh, in DC, in order to get from under being, uh, had their pocketbook snatched from up under them. They started giving all the institutions away and they gave the Lorden up to the BOP. When they gave Lorden up to the BOP, at that time, they said it was something like uh, 3,000 some odd prisoners that was D.C. prisoners. Now they're saying... 300,000. Right. Now they're saying, now they're saying it's over 400,000 uh, D.C. prisoners in... Uh, Within the federal B, within the BOP, and we talking about men and women, so let's let's make right. sure we know we make that that clear that women also got 007. They being discriminated yes. as well, but in turn, now they have what they call the Good Time, uh, the Good Time Act. Wilhelmina Rollout used to be a councilwoman. She put this act out called the Good Time Credit Act. Good Time Credit Act, and the good and the, under the Good Time Credit Act. You get so many days off your sentence for uh, participating in programs. Right. All right, Mike, pick up on that. Now, if you can't participate in the program, can you get the good time credits? Uh, I want to see, because I kind of want to piggyback off of Diedrich and still touch on what go you ahead, go ahead, uh, work touched go on. Um, like Diedrich said, when you have a certain amount of time, when you... Uh, you you discriminate it. Also, if one of the things that they do, if you got a big uh uh what they call it a uh, uh, 
when you owe the uh, government money for going restitution. to trial. Restitution. Right, when you got a big restitution. See, they ain't going to put you, when you owe the government $100,000 for going to trial and losing, they going to make sure they put you in Unicor, the highest paid uh, 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 job that you can get in the federal system because they want their money. You can be a 007, you're going to get in <laughs> They're going to extract that from you because they want that bread. Right. You understand what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, like like Diedrich said, man, um, the discrimination, I believe, is really, it, 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 it's purposefully because, like Diedrich said, you got brothers that can't program, so how am I going to get my points down so I can get to a low? That's right. Or get to a medium. Now you making me be trapped. You understand what I'm saying? Then you got brothers, for example, that might have had life sentences, might have had 60 years, stuff like that. Guess what? I couldn't get the program, but guess what? When I get my time back, what's going to happen? Now I done gave my time back. I'm about to get released. I got immediate release because I might have came home under IRA. I got immediate release with no skills. Because I didn't fit the criteria to get any of those vocational uh, programs or get into college. So now, here it is. I came to jail when I'm 16, get out when I'm 45 with no skills. Mm. I don't, man, I, I was just still being a virgin. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't even have no skills in that. So how can I have any skills in, 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 in you know, any type of vocational training or anything like that? And see, that's the, see... And this is what I want to touch on, right? The big problem with that is me being re-entry peer support navigator, I got a lot of those brothers and sisters sit at my desk. Mm -hmm. And when I look at you and you say you did 30 years, and I be like, all right, what you skilled in? What you? I don't have nothing. Now, you looking at them like they crazy because you looking at them like, how you don't have nothing? You been, you been locked up all that time and you don't have nothing? But the whole time, I have an understanding because I've been in the that's BLP. Right, that's right. That's right. But if they sitting in front of a case manager that never been incarcerated, they don't have no understanding. So the first thing they look like, oh, this man bojang, bojangling. I ain't even going to help him because he was bojangling on his own bit. No, nah, the feds discriminated on us. And once the fed discriminated on us, when it's time for us to get out, guess what? My chance of recidivism is so high because I just did all that time. I ain't got a clue. I'm still, I was still learning life when I was 16. Hmm. So how can I even come out and amalgamate into a society that's totally different? I'm talking about it's like the Jetsons. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? You come home and you, you people on, on skateboards that's floating. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So how can I even, even a, attempt to get back into society with the state of mind that I have of being discriminated and also the lack of skills? And see, that's what the big problem is. And that's why me personally, mm -hmm. rehabilitation been taken out of prisons. Yeah. That's what one of the things we need to tackle when it comes to this solution is rehabilitation. Right. Because uh -huh. they're not rehabilitating no more. They're warehousing. Mm, that's right. So when you're warehousing a person, guess what? You're just sitting in an open room. Just a box sitting over in the corner. Mm, that's right. You see what I'm saying? Just waiting for somebody to come pick you up. And that's all it is. Let's you know go. Let's saying? let's let's look at uh, and and y'all making a good case on the conditions and the type of trauma that coming in from. Let's let okay. So let's look. Let's look at. I'm idle. I can't get nothing done. You ain't gonna let me get no job. If I get a job, it's a, I ain't get no whole lot of money. And I'm in. I'm being discriminated against. So I know I'm not gonna get parole. 
I know I'm not going to get my security dropped. And every time I turn around, I'm being harassed or somebody uh, got issues with me because I'm from D.C. What kind of environment did, uh, how, do, how do D.C. prisoners find themselves, you know, when they're in that, you know, when they're in the environment, do they, you know, how do they, how do they survive that kind of environment? Because y'all survived it, you know. So how do you, how do you, because she, she's saying that in her letter, she talking about two D.C. prisoners got killed. And she, this is becoming like the, the call now is the violence this D.C. prisoners being subjected to in 2022. Because that's when she's making, she making observations. She's saying she wanted the CIC to come in and look at what's going on with D.C. prisoners. But according to y'all, from day one, y'all was being attacked. From day one, y'all had to defend y'all against multiple enemies. Did you pick up on that? First of all, let me uh, get pay my respects to them two brothers. I knew them personally. And great men. And to a lot, they belong to a lot, they return. Uh but like violence been going on for a long time when it comes to DC prison, way before Lawton sent us, you know, we had brothers, man, from back in the day. And we ain't gonna speak no names, but everyone knows them. They've been putting they've been holding that sword for DC for many years. You know, we only we just feeling the residue of the trauma that they went through. Mm-hmm. Right? I can imagine what they went through, right? And when it wasn't nothing but a couple of them, right? So I just want to pay, I mean, to make sure we just shed light on what the brothers that paid the way and what happened, where it was going, how this thing was, like Mike said, how this thing, when they dropped it all, they wasn't ready, right? And I want to touch on being a DC prison in BOP. This is the average DC prison. I'm about to give you, I got to go to school. If I don't go to school, I'm going to get rolled up, right? And we the ones that get rolled up all the time, the D.C. prisons from that school. Even, <laughs> yeah, after, they, even after you had got your – D.C. prisons changed a lot of things in the Federal Bureau of Prison. First, you only needed 280 hours requirement, and that was it. You ain't had to – they didn't care about no GED. But once the D.C. prisoners got there, they had to figure out how to keep them busy. Mm-hmm. It was too many. It's too many things. So they said, no. We got it, man. Everybody, all DC, all y'all got to be in class. Ain't no more two hundred hours. You got to stay in until you graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The restitution. Wasn't nobody getting no money taking out they paying no restitution. I ain't never heard nobody pay no restitution. Not, and this is no disrespect to no victims because we know where the money supposed to be directed towards, mm-hmm. right? But I ain't never heard nobody collect no money from down Lord. Until I got to the BOP. Mm-hmm. And BOP paid the bill collector to not only to the prisoner, yeah. but to our family dollar. Mm. I'm going to say this again. Any money. I'm going to say this again. BOP played bill collector not only to the prisoner, but to our family as well. Mm. They dollar was taken as well. So mm. that's one thing. So we, they, these are the things that the D.C. prisoner had to deal with on top of just being misclassified. Because mm-hmm. I just, I just, I was in, in the low down Lawton. I was in Mosler. How I'm in, how I'm in Lewisburg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it don't, it don't, 
So this is the life of a DC prisoner when he was, I say, kidnapped. Come on. Kidnapped from Lawton compound facility, Lawton dormitory, and taken all over the United States of America. Yes, and so that was, you know, basically speaking on the life of a, of a D.C. prisoner in the B.O.P., it was more rougher. And I don't mean, you know, because everybody, everybody, no matter which prison or no man, but man, being, being sentenced under the D.C. code, friend, you had it more, it was more came to it. Not even just talk about the, the actual just dealing in prison from man to man. We talk about dealing with the administrative side. Right. Mm-hmm. Being... Things that I supposed to been given, just because my my right. They it, 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 they didn't even know how. This I'm trying to. They didn't even know how to take good time from us. They didn't know that. Mm. Our good time ain't start getting taken until Alpha Team came because DC. See, let me just, let, let's talk real. DC educated them people how to do us bad, man. Oh, we we not we not you know no, that's not no, no, for no, debate. That no, ain't no, for no, debate. No, 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 no. I'm saying no, they didn't agree teach, on that. They didn't teach them properly case management of the DC prisoner. So when you don't give them the proper tools and the the uh, the resources to deal with these particular individuals, you're you're setting your family, your people up for failure. Mm-hmm. And we was and so when a lot of this was going on with the DC prisoner and the BOP. Man, you talk about dudes dealing with trauma, frustration. I just came out there. I just told you I supposed to be going home in six months. You keep telling me I go home in five years. Okay, I'm not. I'm, I'm frustrated. My family waiting for me. I'm, I'm ready to test. I'm, so these are the trauma. So, man, I it, I could go on, but I want to pass the mic to brother Mike so he can speak on it and I come back. Hey, Mike, and and that's a good point, D two bro, because we going back to Eleanor Holmes Norton's letter. Mm-hmm. Right, and we saying we we, we recognizing then that you not ready to you, you you close down the prison to try to save the state the city some money. You sacrifice the men and women that's under sentence under DC code. You sacrifice them and send them to the BOP. Whoever going to take them, whoever going to take you and pay the bill. That's where you're going. Mm-hmm. If Mexico would have took you and paid a bill, you're in Mexico. They did. If, if, if Italy, you're in the... So it just so happened, they say, well, we'll give them up to the Federal Bureau of Prison. But now she's saying that, all right, uh, put them in a safe environment. But you, you, it's no environment safe based on what y'all are saying. Not because the, the hostility of the, the prison population but the hostility of the BOP towards D.C. prisoners. And, yes. and that hostility create a lot of frustration and tension in D.C. prisoners. And then you put yourself in an environment where you got people that don't like you because you're from D.C. Right. Well, pick that up. Pick up on that, Mike. Um, you know, like like Dietrich said, um, see, one of the things that, that's the number one problem this been going on since we came to the feds back in the 80s, 90s and all. Mm-hmm. It been going on. Mm-hmm. Like you said, man, they just formed this alpha team, what, 2010? Yeah. Come on, man, this stuff been going on. So now you trying to put a Band-Aid Come on, on the situation. That's, what that is. that's, that's what all you're trying to do. You're trying to put a Band-Aid on the situation instead of uh, attacking the real issue. Yeah. And see, that, like, I, like, like you said, man, that discrimination, 
All that been going on for a long time. And no smite on what she trying to do. Here it is, it's 2022, and you really trying to bang that issue home? You know what I'm saying? Right. That's that's kind of like, man, that's, man, what, how long that been? <laughs> Since the 80s, all the way to 2022. Now somebody writing a letter? I mean, you know, that's a band-aid to me because look at all the brothers and sisters that been discriminated. Look at all the brothers that been killed in the BOP. Mm-hmm. Their families, you know what I'm saying, because probably what's going on now, some families got a lawsuit in. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So now something got to get done. You know, but why should a brother just get ready to go home in 16 months still be in a hostile environment? And see, that's one of the things that we have speak. to understand. He shouldn't speak be on, speak on that. He shouldn't be in a hostile environment if you're about to go home. He or she. You know, right. He or she shouldn't be in a hostile environment. Because if I if I got 30 years in, why am I still in the pen? Right. I should be in the low somewhere with, with, with laying on the blanket in the field with my shoes off. Because that's, right. that's how comfortable I can be. Yeah, that's right. You know, I shouldn't be in no institution. Where the tension is so high, you can cut it with a butter knife. I shouldn't be in those type of institutions, and that's one of the things that dim- that dim- uh, discrimination comes from. It's leaving us stuck in hostile environments and put you in a situation where it's always uh, the inevitable is there. It's futile because first and foremost, if I'm somewhere in one of those type of institutions and it's only thirty of us on the compound, you know, you know, brothers and sisters that know the rules. When you in those pens, you got to go. It don't matter whether you, you know, short or whatever. You got to go because we are outnumbered first and foremost. We are outnumbered first and foremost. So if we get a tool with somebody from another geographical location, I got to go. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Unless the homies give me a pass and say, you know, hey, stay in your cell. But guess what? You still a target because guess what? Where all that, the, the 30 homies that did go <laughs> and, and, and did what they had to do, all them gone. So when the doors pop, you're the only one left. So whatever geograph, draft, geographic location that we was beefing with, that we had issues with, they're going to be like, shoot, then Mike, he's still here. Hey, let's get a name off of him. Yeah. Even though I didn't have nothing to do with it, I'm about to go home. They like, let's get a name off of him. All because y'all sent to a prison. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they, whatever geographical location, they gonna come run down on me, uh, ten deep, stab me all up. Now I'm dead. Now my 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 parents got me on the t-shirt. Boohoo! My baby's about to come home in ten months. See, what I'm saying, and these are the type environments they create when they force mm. you to stay in those days, the volatile institutions because. You put me in a situation where though it's kill or be killed, even though I want to calm down, I, I want to fall back. I, I might not gotten to a situation in the past five, six years or even more, but you still got me at this high security level mm. and forcing me to be a gladiator. You know, and, 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 and that's one of the things that I believe that this letter should be trying to approach, approach the issue that you got these guys that been locked up all the time and you're not allowing them to, you know, program. You're not allowing them to trickle down into the lower institutions, level institutions where there's no violence. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And give them brothers and sisters a chance to come home. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're not giving me a chance because now I'm always got my back up against the wall. Right. 
So, you know, that's one of the things that I think this letter needs to approach because that's the reason why some of these murders are getting done because they're not getting done in the low. These murders are being in the pens. Right. You see what I'm saying? And a lot of them guys that's getting killed, been locked up so long, why am I still there? Like you ain't supposed to be in anyway. I ain't even supposed to be there anyway. You and see what I'm you, saying? And you know, okay, let's, let, let me go into some of the, uh, what we observe is some of the solutions. And you, you spoke earlier uh, when we was off mic about uh, what you thought, who need to be involved in shaping the narrative. And we, we recognize that, all right, one, they, they subjecting prisoners of the sentence under DC code, they being subjected to BOP policies and procedures. That's how they're current it, whether they have a DC prison, a policy in effect. My attitude is BOP towards you. So I might, even though I might supposed to do certain things, my attitude is that now nah, your records say you got a lot of stabs, you got a lot of gun charges, so your classification going to stay right here. Oh, but on the DC code, if I was on DC code, that's already been taken into account and my security going to be reduced because I got time, man. But on the BOP, they're going to hold me to that, not because if my time is not factored into reducing my security, but I'm a DC prisoner. I'm a double O seven. What you think is uh, some of the solutions or should be uh, done about this? Because I'm, and I'm saying that to say because she's saying that uh, request that they send prisoners to, and she was talking about Polar, but she's saying that her mind or solution is send them to safer prison. But if you had the same policies and procedures in effect, if you had the same attitude towards. DC prisoners. If you look at 007, then you gonna always have the same result. So give us a as we as we close out, give us a solution. What do you think some of the solutions should be? I know that's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. Just put on your plate. Yes, it is, man. Because I know a lot of brothers right now that got clear conduct in the last ten years. They still sitting in the penitentiaries, mm -hmm. right? And these are the things that the correctional. Information Council supposed to know about. Mm. These are the things we don't care about. Is it enough soap dispensers? And we, we, we don't care about that. Man, we, certain stuff we don't, it's certain, certain things when you come up there, you, they don't get, I don't know if they get a, a, a clear just do of information when they do, when they do, do, do they receive it, the just do information about us? I don't know. Right, but I know I never been talked to, and none of the people we talked to. So we got a lot of brothers that be sitting into these penitentiaries, that's sitting in there, and they're not given a due chance of progressing. Because if you keep a line in the cage all day long, that's all I know. Mm. That's all I know. But once you take a line out of the cage, and I'm run around. And, and freedom or start showing that this progress is more world outside of this. There's more that you could do with your life and affect more and make a more uh, uh, a profound impact not only you but on others around you. But 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 you be they keep a lot of them gems locked up in these penitentiaries, these sisters and brothers, right? And they clear conduct sitting around and they they holding these prisons down keeping. Keeping them calm. Let them brothers and sisters out of them places. 
That's my, 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 that's the only solution. Give them a true classification. Let, get them out of there because what are they there for? Mike, what, uh, what do you think some of the solutions is? Because it's a solution from the yard, so we want to know. You know, she's saying that build, you know, bring them in another prison. But me and you talked about this. We talked about policies and procedures. What do mm-hmm. you think some of the solutions should be? Or one, one, some of the impact solutions should be? Uh, I believe that uh, for real, um, it's no different from a lot of these agencies. The reason why they hire ex-offenders because they want an inside source. Let's just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. They want an inside source. And, uh, you know, uh, Miss Holmes, she need to have an inside source. See, because sometimes, you know, people, they get up into this lofty place and they go on according to all these policies, this, that, and the third. But sometimes you got to come down to the lower levels and get an inside source. So once you get an inside source, now you can come up with legal strategies. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? To attack your issue. Because if you coming from a DC uh, a prison's code and the federal thing, and the feds keep, you know what I'm saying, batting you down, all right, but come from an inside source. Let the inside source be your advisor. You know, let one of these brothers and sisters that did 30 years, 40 years in prison explain to you how all these mm. things are going on. Mm. The discrimination with programs, the discrimination with the point system. So now you have a, a overview of what direction you need to go. That's right. That's right. That's you understand point. what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. Sometimes a lot of these politicians, they need to come out of their lofty places and come down with the common people so you can see what's going on. You talk to the common people, they can they can give you a good idea of what to attack. That's my solution. Because mm. once you hear it from brothers like me, Dietrich, and we talking about, hey, you, you, you got to have five years and under to get a college degree. All right, now, now this where you this one of your issues. Yeah, that's right. You can stop some of this discrimination because now you understand the issues. So that's my solution. You know what I'm saying? There you have it. Solutions from the yard. Did you say let our people go? And Mike say, look, get an inside man in there, somebody, a man or woman that can tell you about these issues, and therefore you can develop policies and procedures and have a way to attack. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, man, for for this. Spurred conversation. I learned a lot about the Federal Bureau of Prison. Uh, and as we say, when solution from the yard, this is what it's all about, finding a solution to the problem. I think we found one today. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Solutions from the Yard. This podcast is presented by Voices for a Second Chance, a comprehensive reentry program that provides culturally appropriate, trauma-informed, gender-specific, and peer-based services. For more information, go to info at vscdc.org or visit our website at www.vscdc.org.